How's everyone feeling? Everyone awake, inshallah? Important topic, so I hope I've got your full attention, inshallah. Tayyib, what is the purpose of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala creating us? It's not a trick question. Huh? To worship? To worship Allah alone, right? To worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone. I did not create the jinn or mankind except for my worship, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says. Negation, right? Nothing else matters. The only sole purpose of mine's and yours existence is to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So every path that we take, every endeavor that we are involved in, every energy that we expend, if it's not for the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then what can we say it is? It's a waste, right? It's going to waste. So this shows you how important this objective is in our lives and how important it is to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he sent messenger after messenger to guide nation after nation to the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone to establish the tawheed of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on this earth that nothing deserves to be worshipped except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the final messenger to mankind Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam came as a seal for that message so the thing I want you to understand if it's that important then imagine being involved in spreading that message imagine being involved in spreading that message to those who do not have that message of salvation imagine how virtuous and important that is to call people who do not know about Islam to the worship of Allah to remind those who do know about Islam that they should be worshiping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bring to mind and to your heart how important that is in the sight of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the Prophet says in the Quran Say, Muhammad is told to proclaim, say that this is my path, this is my methodology, this is the way I walk, the path that I traverse, that I call upon, I call to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, meaning to his worship, upon clear guidance, upon clear knowledge, me and those who follow me. What is the verse telling you? Me and those who follow me. What are you supposed to be doing? What am I supposed to be doing? The same thing the Prophet was doing, right? We're supposed to have a share from the project, from the mission that the Prophet had, which was to establish the Tawheed on the earth, to call people to the worship of Allah. Say, if you truly love Allah, then follow me. Are we following the messenger of Muhammad Many a time, alhamdulillah, we think of the sunnah, we have to implement the sunnah, we have to look the way he looked, we have to pray the way he prayed, we eat the way he ate if we can. These kind of things are virtuous and they're beautiful. But why do we forget this major aspect of the sunnah of the Prophet His whole life mission was to call people to the worship of Allah. And the verse is clearly telling us that those who follow me, they do the same. Me and those who follow me. So if you want to truly follow Muhammad 
We have to be calling to the path that Muhammad sallallahu called to also. We need to have a share of that. So some of the virtues pertaining to calling to people to Islam. Some of the virtues of being employed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So that we can bring something in our souls and bring something in our hearts that will reattach us to this mission. That will make us understand how virtuous it is and how important it is. And it will create some kind of excitement in our hearts and our souls. That is the objective of this lecture today. So that we can recalibrate our minds, reassess our lives, and make our path as the path of the Prophet was. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, Kuntum khayra ummatin ukhrijat linnas da'muruna bil ma'roofi wa tanhawna anil munkari wa tu'minuna billah. You are the best of nations brought forth to mankind. Why? Because you enjoin that which is good, you forbid that which is evil, and you believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The khayriya of this ummah, the khayriya of the individual, is with these things. And notice in this verse something very strange. What did you notice was strange about it? You are the best of mankind brought forth for the nations. Because you enjoy the good, you forbid the evil, and you believe in Allah. What's strange in this verse? What do you find strange? You'd think that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would mention that belief in Him should come first, right? We know belief in Allah comes first. That's the foundation of everything. Without belief in Allah correctly, your deeds mean nothing. But due to the importance of the mission of enjoining the good and forbidding the evil, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in this particular verse mentioned it first. To bring to your minds the attention and to, to make us understand how important it is to be doing this uh, calling to the good and forbidding of the evil. Allah also says, وَمَنْ أَحْسَنُ قَوْلًا مِمَّنْ دَعَى إِلَى اللَّهِ وَقَالَ إِنَّنِي مِنَ الْمُسْلِمِينَ وَمَنْ أَحْسَنُ قَوْلًا مِمَّنْ دَعَى إِلَى اللَّهِ وَعَمِلَ الصَّالِحًا وَقَالَ إِنَّنِي مِنَ الْمُسْلِمِينَ And who is better in speech than the one who calls to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and does righteous actions and says, Verily, I am from those who are Muslim. Wherever he goes, what is he doing? He's calling to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Wherever he goes, he's doing righteous actions. Wherever he goes, he's ensuring that the people understand that he is a Muslim. He's not trying to hide his name. He's not trying to change Ali to Al, Muhammad to Mo, or wherever else the people do. He's proud of who he is. He wants people to know who he is. Not out of arrogance, no way. Subhanallah, you find that the believer is not arrogant around the people who don't have the message. The believer is not arrogant, no. He feels a compassion and an empathy for those who do not have the message. He really feels for them that Subhanallah, Allah has given me this gift. I just wish that the people could smell some of this gift that Allah has given me. That they can taste some of what I am tasting. That they can enjoy some of what I am enjoying. That's why he ensures that the people know that he's a Muslim and he always calls to that which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has told him to call to. In Sahih Muslim, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam said, Whoever calls to guidance, then he will have from the reward of the reward of those who follow him. And that will not diminish their reward in any way, shape, or form. What does this mean? Anyone that you call to goodness, every time they do a good deed, after Allah allowed you to guide them to that good deed, you are having a share of that reward. 
Subhanallah, you come on the day of judgment and you find that there's a mountain of good deeds in front of you. By the blessing of Allah you think, Subhanallah, where did this come from? It came from those words that you said when you guided somebody by the permission of Allah. It came from that effort that you made to bring people to Islam. It came from that effort that you made to bring people back to the masjid and the tawheed of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You will find on the day of judgment mountains of deeds. How many times a day does a person pray? Five, right? That was a trick question, yeah? Five, five times a day. How many times in a year? 1,800 something and 25. Imagine you taught somebody Tawheed of Allah and then you teach him how to pray. Every year he lives, you will get 1,825 rewards. Is that true? No, it's not true. Because if you teach him to pray in the masjid, what's happening? Multiply it by 27s. And if he prays with itqan and ihsan and khushu, then it goes even more than that. Akhi, are you getting excited? Are you understanding what's at stake here? Are you understanding the business, the tijara that we can be involved in with the permission of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? This is the kind of reward that is out there and being offered by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to you and I. All we have to do is to make the effort, to have the intention, to have the concern. In Bukhari and Muslim, the Prophet said to Ali radiallahu anhu, لِأَنْ يَحْدِيَ اللَّهُ بِكَ رَجْلٌ وَاحِدٌ خَيْرٌ لَكَ مِنْ حُمْرِ النَّعْمِ And in one narration, خَيْرٌ لَكَ مِمَّا طَلَعَتْ عَلَيْهِ شَمْسِ وَغَرَبَتْ The Prophet ﷺ said to Ali, رضي الله عنه, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guides through you. One person is better for you than حُمْرِ النَّعْمِ حُمْرِ النَّعْمِ meant the best of camels. That which was like Rolls Royces and Ferraris in the time of the Prophet And in one narration, the Prophet said, it's better for you than anything which the sun rises upon and sets upon in this creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the greatest of wealth that you can imagine is to be involved in calling people to the worship of Allah azawajal, to be employed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, to be given that gift by Allah azawajal, to be allowed to be someone who spends some of his energy calling people to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That is the greatest of wealth you will ever find in your existence. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give us a share from that. Ameen. So this work, as I've mentioned to you and as, as I've built up so far, is something which is very important. It was the way of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu It was his sole mission. But in order for us, now that we're a little bit excited and we want to get involved in it, or we want to do more of it if we are already involved, we have to really ensure that we do it the right way. We have to ensure that we know how to call people to Allah Azawajal. And this in itself is a huge lecture. It can't be done in one sitting. It's a series of lectures. But I'm just going to touch a point upon some important points. What are the etiquettes and characteristics that a believer should have when calling to Allah Azawajal? The first and foremost of them, what do you think it is? Knowledge is very important. Extremely important. What's before knowledge? Ikhlas, ahsanta, jazakallah khair. To have ikhlas to Allah Azza wa Jal. Now listen to this definition of ikhlas which some of the ulama give. They say ikhlas, Allah tatlub ala amalika shahidan ghayrullah wala mujaziyan siwa Allah. That you do not seek 
as a witness to your action other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Nor somebody who's going to reward your action other than Allah. SubhanAllah. Profound words really. Listen to the words again. You do not seek in your action a witness other than Allah. Allahu Akbar. Means that when you're giving the lecture, when you're calling people to Islam, when you're doing the da'wah, you do not care about the creation. You do not care whether they thank you, whether you're getting likes on Facebook, whether you're getting likes on Twitter. SubhanAllah. Ikhlas is that you only care about Allah Azawajal, His pleasure, may Allah make us from them. And that you understand that none is going to reward you or give you good except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now imagine if you have that in your heart and your soul. Are you going to get lazy when it comes to da'wah just because people are not listening to you? Or people are not responding to you? You're always going to have that energy. You're always going to have that motivation. No matter how difficult the times get, no matter how problematic it is for you to give da'wah, the people are not responding to you. The people are treating you in a bad way. You don't care. Because all you see in front of you is that Allah has gifted you. He gave you a gift to be involved in da'wah, to be calling to the mission that Muhammad was calling to. And that all you think about is Allah's pleasure. So nothing's going to slow you down. You're not going to end up wasting your time falling into pitfalls and falling into traps that shaitan wants you to fall into. You'll be so motivated to please Allah Azzawajal. So the da'i, and this is a reminder to myself and to any one of you who is involved in da'wah or who will be involved in da'wah, anybody listening afterwards on the recording, never ever allow these words of I and me to come into da'wah. I and me, throw it out of your mind. I swear by Allah, it's only a gift to us. We are not deserving of calling to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, to His majesty and His beauty. We're not deserving of that. We're not good enough. We don't have enough piety. We don't have enough knowledge. Our mistakes are more than the ones who are listening to us. It's only a gift. Don't ever say I. Don't ever say me. If you find yourself being successful in da'wah, it was from Allah. It was a gift only from Allah. So don't ever allow yourself to get arrogant. Don't ever allow yourself to lose your humility. This will save you so many problems when it comes to da'wah. You won't be one of those people who it always has to be your way. Or for example, if there's a new sheikh in town and you've been giving dawah in a particular place for 10, 15 years, you feel, man, I'm not going to let the sheikh take my project. I've been doing it for 15 years. No, you wouldn't be like that. You will step aside very easily because your objective is the pleasure of Allah. Your objective is the spread of the dawah. So it saves you from a lot of problems. Can you imagine if all, many of the masajid, many of the Islamic centers, if they corrected their intentions, there would be so much less squabbling. There would so, be so much less wasting of resources, so much less squandering of time and wealth, right? Because the problem comes down to many a time, the issue of ikhlas. So one must have ikhlas when calling to Allah Azza wa Jal. And the brothers, they mentioned rightfully that something which is extremely important when calling to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is to have the fundamentals of knowledge. I don't say you have to become a scholar. You don't even have to be a student of knowledge, talib al-ilm. Talib al-ilm is somebody who has a very high level of knowledge. But you must have the fundamentals of the shari'i knowledge. The fundamentals of tawheed. The fundamentals of seerah. The fundamentals of fiqh. The fundamentals of aqidah, which is tawheed. Okay? The fundamentals of spirituality. These fundamentals you have to have. Because if you don't have knowledge, how are you going to call to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? How are you going to be able to deal with the variety of situations and the variety of questions that arise when you call the non-Muslim to Islam or you remind the Muslims to come back to Islam and to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Without knowledge, you will fall into so many pitfalls. Remember the verse we mentioned a few moments ago? 
say this is my methodology, this is my path, O Muhammad. I call to it based upon clarity, based upon clear knowledge. So you have to have clear knowledge as Muhammad was exclaiming in that verse. There must be knowledge for you to call to Allah Otherwise, you become like those that we see many a time sadly. They're making the effort to give dawah, but they're butchering the dawah. They're really making a bad job of it, either through their behavior due to lack of knowledge, either through the way they're answering the questions due to lack of knowledge, either because they're calling to the wrong aspects of Islam at that time. Because you know, depending upon the time and place, means what you should be calling to and what you should be responding to in dawah and in the field of dawah. So if you don't have the correct knowledge, you will represent Islam in the wrong, in the wrong way. You will make this beautiful religion be represented in an ugly manner. And many of us see this many a time due to a lack of knowledge. So this is something that we have to have. We have to have the fundamentals of knowledge. In Bukhari and Muslim, the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, I'm hearing one person say it, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Say it as loud as you can. He said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Inna Allah Ta'ala la yaqbidul ilm. Inna Allah Ta'ala la yaqbidul ilm. Yantazi'uhu intiza'an min al-ibad. Walakin yaqbidul ilm. Biqabdil ulama. Hatta idha lam yubqi aliman ittaqadha al-nas ru'usan juhalan fasu'ilu fa'aftaw bighayri ilm fadallu wa adallu. The Prophet ﷺ said, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't snatch away knowledge, snatching it from the hearts of the people. But rather what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does, he takes away the scholars and the people of knowledge. Until there is left no more scholars and no more people of knowledge. What happens in that case? The people come to the ignorant. They ask them and then they are given guidance, which is misguidance, and they are misled. And the one who is given that is also misled. So the Prophet ﷺ is showing us of a reality of time that we're already facing. We know we're facing that time. And it's going to get worse and worse. The people of knowledge will be less and less. But the people who speak, may Allah protect us, are going to be more and more foolish, more and more involved in misguidance. Those who call to misguidance will be more than those who call to guidance. So if we want to be from those who uphold the Tawheed, uphold the call of Muhammad ﷺ, we have to ensure that we are spending time to learn the fundamentals of knowledge pertaining to the Sharia and then the fundamentals of knowledge pertaining to the world. We have to understand the world that we are living in. You cannot just study Islam and think you can make dawah. No, you have to understand where you live. You have to understand the, the concepts and the ideas, the ideologies that are being spread at your particular time. So you can, you can refute them if they contradict anything to do with Islam. So today, as I mentioned, many people are watering Islam down. Many people are speaking in a way which doesn't represent Islam. They are saying words and they are holding beliefs and they are calling to actions which are far from what the Salaf ever believed in or ever acted upon. And this is a qaida you have to always remember in your dawah and in your life as a believer, as a worshiper to Allah. This is a rule, a qaida. I want you to write this down in your mind. Okay, it's very simple. The Prophet said in the hadith in Bukhari Muslim, The best of nations. The best of people is my generation. Then that which comes after them and that which comes after them. The Sahaba and the companions of the Sahaba, the students of the Sahaba. The Prophet said they were the best to ever walk upon this earth. So I'm asking you, take it as a qaida. If they didn't hold that belief, if they didn't do the action 
throw it out of the window. Don't you ever hold a belief that they did not hold. Don't you do an action, act of worship that they did not hold. Don't call to things that they didn't believe in. Don't call to acts of worship that they didn't act upon. Don't fall into that trap of misguidance. So your knowledge must be knowledge of Allah based upon the understanding of the early generation of Muslims. Also pertaining to knowledge when calling to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is that it's imperative that you are in touch with the sheikh or a student of knowledge, somebody who's better than you. What do you think? If you're in doubts, he'll help you remove your doubts. Very good. He'll help educate you on your journey, right? This is something very important. The one who takes only from books will be misguided, as the ulama say. You have to refer back to scholars. You have to refer back to students of knowledge. And something else which is very important. From the student, from the student of knowledge and the sheikh, you will learn what ikhlas means. You will learn humility because that sheikh will have that. And you will learn to remain in your lane because when you get big and you start answering questions which you are not actually qualified to answer and you start claiming that you are reading the big encyclopedic books like Al-Mughni, etc., the sheikh will put you back in your lane. He'll remind you, you're just a baby. You just started out in your journey of seeking knowledge. You just started out in your journey of giving da'wah. So stay in your lane. But if you don't have connection to a sheikh, believe me, you will become one of those who just look for the internet sensation, the Facebook sensation. You will think that you can answer every single question that people put to you. You will lose the humility and you will lose the guidance that you need. So we said so far, what have we mentioned as two fundamentals that we need? Huh? Ikhlas and knowledge. Ahsant. The third fundamental, which is extremely imperative and important, is the way that you behave, the way that you speak, the way that you call people to this da'wah. What does da'wah mean? It's an invitation, right? So you must have the best of manners when you invite people to your house. It's not, hey, come to my house, you grab somebody by the throat, you shake them up, come and eat with me. That's not an invitation. An invitation is you're very polite, you're very courteous, you speak in the best of manners, you present the best of invitation. This is how it should be in Islam. But many a time you find that people, when they call to Allah, they're impatient, they're arrogant, they're haughty. They look down upon people who don't take from them. This is not the way. Just because somebody didn't listen to you, you spoke to him for 10 minutes and you think he's going to listen to you? Have you spent time trying to build relations with that person? Have you spent years and years visiting that person, trying to help that person? If you're truly hoping to change somebody's life for the better, then it doesn't always happen overnight. It takes from you to invest time and effort. It takes from you to be a good character, to be a good person to that person to have empathy, to have compassion, to be a friend to that person that you are trying to call to Islam, to be a friend to that person whose deen you are trying to improve. Allah says about our Nabi Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, and by the mercy of Allah O oh Muhammad, you were merciful to them. You were compassionate with them. And had you been hard-hearted, they would have run away from you. What do you see in the Muslims today? Many of them when they call to Islam, the opposite. The compassion is not there. The mercy is not there. The patience isn't there. Just anger. Anger and, you know, uh, you know um, hard speech, not soft speech. You have to have soft speech when you're giving da'wah. What is the verse somebody remind me when Fir'aun was sent to, when Musa alayhi salam was sent to Fir'aun? قُولَ لَهُ قَوْلًا لَيِّنْ لَعَلَّهُ يَتَّذَكَّرْ أَوْ يَخْشَى 
say to him, who is he going to Musa Islam? To the biggest tyrant there ever was, Fir'aun, who said, I am your Lord. But how was Musa sent to him? Go to him with a soft word, a soft and gentle word. Perhaps, maybe, he will take reminder from that. So if Allah is commanding his prophet from the best of creation to go to the worst of creation with a gentle word, then when we give da'wah, let's be a bit gentle. Right? I'm not asking to be soft and to become a lamb, no. That's not who we are. We still have strength and we have honor. But the Prophet ﷺ said, Inna rifqa la yakunu fi shay'in illa zanahu wa ma nuzi'a min shay'in illa shanahu That rifq, gentleness, is not put into any affair or matter except that it beautifies it, makes it beautiful. And if it's taken out of that affair or matter, then the matter becomes ugly. So the rifq has to be there as much as we can, as much as we are able to do so. The Prophet ﷺ, he strove and he made so much effort to call people to Islam to the extent that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said to him, O Muhammad, O Muhammad, be careful. You are about to destroy yourself due to what you are carrying in your heart and, and soul from, from um, ham, from grief, because the people are not accepting your dawah. Don't do this to yourself. You're going to destroy yourself. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was telling Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. But look how much empathy and compassion he had. It would cause him to grieve. He wouldn't sleep. He wouldn't be able to rest. He was knocking on the doors of the people, pulling them wherever he could, trying to remind them that, look, come to Allah. Come to the worship of Allah alone. You will save yourselves from the hellfire. The Prophet ﷺ wasn't about win winning a debate. It wasn't about proving other people wrong. You know, one time, subhanAllah, I saw a brother that we know in the UK. May Allah bless him. Amazing person. Everyone was giving dawah and the usual way, right? Some people are getting into debates and arguments and trying to, trying to prove their point. Akhi, this brother, he got down on his knees to the kafir that he was talking to. Can you imagine? He's down on his knees next to the kafir, right, who's sitting on a chair. And he was basically imploring him to listen to what he's saying. And subhanAllah, it was just amazing the way he did that. He humbled himself so much to come down to the level of that kafir eye to eye you know, like brother in humanity to brother in humanity and calling that person to the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with such humility. It was really amazing sight to see. And this is how we should be if we are able to do so. But again, I'm not saying to you that we have to be weak and meek. No, Islam tells us to be people of honor. Okay? The honor and the izzah is for Allah, His Rasul and the believers. We are people of izzah and honor. If there's somebody out there who is known to vilify Islam and to attack Islam continually, then this person, no, we're not gentle with him. This person, we use harsh words with him because he proved time and time again that he is somebody who is trying to demonize Islam. I'm not saying that you used harsh words with him the first time, no. It's you're gentle with him, you're gentle with him. But if all that comes from him is enmity towards Islam and the believers, and he's out there trying to harm them, then this person, harsh words are used by him, uh, used by us, because we are not weak and we are not meek. The Prophet ﷺ, when he went to Ta'if to give dawah, he journeyed all the way from Mecca to Ta'if. And when he got there, he called the people to Islam. What happened? The fools of society, the idiots, 
and the youngsters were sent out to chase him, to chase him away and to throw stones at him, to the extent that he had to run away whilst his feet were bleeding. In some narrations, it's mentioned that the angel came to him and said to him, Oh, Muhammad, وسلم, if you so wish, I can be commanded to bring these mountains and to crush these people with these mountains. But the Prophet وسلم, said, No. I pray that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from their future, from their loins, believers in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would come. Empathy and compassion. The person, when he's giving dawah, he should try to develop another etiquette or another characteristic which is required, is that he should try to develop clear speech. You find that those who become trained in having good speech and having confidence that when they deliver a message, even if it's the most foolish of messages, people tend to listen. People tend to pay attention. They give heed. Why? Because it's the manner in which they were delivering the message. The person's not shaking. He's not stuttering. He's confident in what he's saying. He's able to structure his thoughts. He's able to speak to the level of the people. He's able to use the right vocab at the right time. So if you're able to do this for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, this will be better in the dawah that you are giving. What did Musa alayhi salam say? Rabbi shrahli sadri wa yassirli amri wahlul uqtatan min lisani yafqahu qawli. Musa alayhi salam, because he used to have a knot in his tongue, he used to stutter, he made dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, oh Allah azawajal, remove this difficulty from my tongue and make my affair easy for me when I am calling people to Islam so that they may understand what I am saying. So the person should speak with confidence, he should speak with good speech, he should train himself to have vocab that is pertinent for giving dawah, but he shouldn't be one of those who are just trying to dazzle people. You know there's some people, they come with those five-syllable words, they try to come with exotic speech, they just want to dazzle everyone. Right? We're not trying to do that. You're trying to speak to people to keep them interested, but not to show off. The Prophet ﷺ, in fact, in one of the narrations, he mentioned that this is something despised by Allah He likened it to a person who looks like a cow. That the person is really exaggerating his speech so much, you know like the cow, his tongue kind of swishes, swishes around in his mouth when he's eating. He gave the example of that of a person who's really overdoing it with speech. We don't want to be like that. Your speech should be natural, but it should be good. The Prophet ﷺ said in one narration, I think it was actually Ali radiallahu anhu who said, حَدِّثُ النَّاسِ بِمَا يَعْرِفُونَ أَتُحِبُّونَ أَنْ يُكَذَّبَ اللَّهُ وَرَسُولُهُ Speak to the people by that which they understand. Don't try to twist the people's mind and confuse them by using super intellectual vocab and ideas and concepts. Do you want the people to then belie the message because they couldn't understand what you were saying? So speak to the people at their level. Don't try to overcomplicate and over-philosophize the issue. And though it's preferable that when one goes to a people and he calls to them that he's well-versed in their language, it's not a must. Allah says, Fear Allah as much as you can. The Prophet said, If I commanded you to do something, then do from that whatever you can. So we are commanded to give dawah, we do whatever we can. If we can't learn Chinese when going to China to give dawah, learn the least of it that you can, right? Whatever you are able to do so. Another important pillar, another important etiquette, characteristic that one should have, that when you are giving dawah, try not to look like a scarecrow. Have good appearance. The Prophet ﷺ mentioned in the hadith in Abi Dawood, he said to some of the companions when they were coming back from a journey, 
إِنَّكُمْ قَادِمُونَ عَلَىٰ إِخْوَانِكُمْ Verily you are coming back to your brothers. فَأَصْلِحُوا لِبَاسَكُمْ وَأَصْلِحُوا رِحَالَكُمْ حَتَّى تَكُونُوا شَامَةً فِي النَّاسِ فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ تَعَالَىٰ لَا يُحِبُّ الْفُحْشِ وَلَا يُحِبُّ تَفَحْشِ The Prophet ﷺ said as narrated in Abu Dawood to the companions when they were coming back from a journey You are coming now to your brothers So correct your clothing and correct your riding beasts so that you are from those who stand out in society because Allah does not like that which is ugly in behavior nor does he like one to uh, seek out that type of behavior Shaykh Abdul Muhsin Al-Abad Ta'ala, the muhaddith of Medina he said when explaining this book Abu Dawood he said that fuhsh is that which is ugly and here it means ugly in appearance normally it means ugly in mannerisms and, and this kind of behavior but here it meant ugly in appearance so the Prophet ﷺ is reminding us that we should have good, decent appearance. Don't complain about how I look, okay? It's decent. The Prophet ﷺ, when you're giving dawah, that's the time to dress up. Many people forget. They dress up for other occasions. They got their Armani suits on, but when going out giving dawah, they don't look the part. Dress up for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when giving dawah, but don't overdo it. Dress up in a way which you know would please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and you know you could represent the Muslims well when calling to Islam. One must have intelligence when calling to Allah What do you think I mean by intelligence? Because you can say that comes under knowledge, right? But you can have knowledge but without intelligence. What do you think I mean by intelligence? Hikmah, wisdom. What is hikmah, wisdom? Very good, Ahsan. To say the right thing or to do the right thing at the right time and right place. There's sometimes in some places you just don't say certain things. There's sometimes in some places you don't behave in a particular manner. There's even some pieces of knowledge that you shouldn't be telling people because they're not ready for it. Their minds are unable to comprehend it. And that was what was intended by the previous narration of Ali radiallahu anhu. Okay? Look at the intelligence of one of the prophets in the Quran, in Surah Al-Baqarah, Ibrahim alayhi salam. Alam tara ila alladhi haja Ibrahim fi rabbihi أن آتاه الله الملك إذ قال إبراهيم ربي الذي يحيي ويميت قال أنا أحيي وأميت قال إبراهيم فإن الله يأتي بشمس من المشرق فأتي بها من المغرب فبهت الذي كفر والله لا يهدي القوم الظالمين Did you not see, did it not come to your attention the story of the one who tried to debate with Ibrahim السلام When Ibrahim السلام was calling to Tawheed he said my Lord is the one who is Allah my Lord, My Lord is Allah who gives life and gives death. So this foolish tyrant, he said, I also give life and death. So he brought along with him two people. One of them he killed, the other he let go. So I give life, I let one go, and I cause death. He killed one of them. So what did Ibrahim do at this moment with his intelligence? He didn't get involved in a debate with the person. He didn't try to get sidetracked, sidetracked from calling to Tawheed. He said, verily, my Lord Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes the sun rise from the east, you make it rise from the west. Let's see if you can do that if you're truly a Lord. So he uses intelligence. So the person when giving dawah, he shouldn't be taken off his narrative. He shouldn't be cornered into a corner that he doesn't want to be in. He shouldn't be answering questions about questions that he doesn't want to answer. He should stick to the path of calling to tawheed and calling to the clarity of worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. 
And this leads to me, leads me to a very essential point, which is that when you give dawah, you must be calling to Tawheed. I've mentioned it maybe 10 times so far in the lecture, but people, you find that they get involved in so many discussions, except the discussion of Tawheed. Look, for example, in Bukhari and Muslim, Ibn Abbasin radiallahu anhu, he said, لَمَّا بَعَثَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَّى اللَّهِ وَسَلَّمْ مُعَادِ إِلَى يَمَنْ قَالْ يَا مُعَادِ إِنَّكَ تَأْتِي إِلَى قَوْمٍ مِنْ أَحْلِ الْكِتَابِ فَلْيَكُنْ أَوَّلَ مَا تَدْعُوهُمْ إِلَيْهِ أن شَهَادَةُ أَنْ لَا إِلَهِ إِلَى اللَّهِ وَفِي لَفْتِ أَنْ يُوَحِدُ اللَّهِ Ibn Abbasin radiyallahu anhu, he said, that when the Prophet sallallahu sent Mu'ad radiyallahu anhu to Yemen, he said, O oh, Mu'ad, verily you are coming to a people who are from the book, meaning they've received revelation, either Jews or Christians. So let it be that the first thing that you call them to, the first thing that you call them to, is to testify that there is none to be worshipped except Allah. And in one narration, to single out Allah Azawajal for Tawheed and Yuwahidullah. فَإِنْ هُمْ أَطَاعُوكَ لِذَلِكَ فَعْلِمْهُمْ أَنَّ اللَّهَ إِفْتَرَدَ عَلَيْهِمْ خَمْسَ صَلَوَاتِ فِي كُلِّ يَوْمٍ وَلَيْلَةٍ If they obey you in that, then go to the next thing, which is to teach them that Allah has made salah obligatory upon them in the day and the night, five times a day. So look what's happening here. The first thing that you call to is Tawheed. So you could get into a discussion about the niqab. You could get into a discussion about why does Islam speak about jihad. You could get into a discussion of politics in Islam. You could get into a discussion of why this and why that. And all of these things are important. You have to clarify them. But if you're having this discussion with a non-Muslim, and after two hours of that discussion, you haven't informed the person of who we should be worshipping, then you've kind of wasted his time. It may be the last time that person ever comes across a discussion where he has the opportunity to find out about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So you always have to bring the discussion back first and foremost to acknowledging who Allah Azawajal is. Allow them to understand the lenses by which we view the world. Let them know that the only reason we do what we do is because we worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We've accepted that Allah Azawajal is the only true God worthy of worship and that he is full of wisdom, full of justice, full of mercy. Anything that he reveals is best for our nature, our fitra, our guidance. This kind of conversation has to be there. Let them understand that whatever you do is because you believe in the oneness of Allah You believe he's the one that created you. So if he created you, he knows best what is good for you. When you have this narrative, they'll understand that why you submit the way you submit. And then you can go on to answer other questions after you've established the importance of Tawheed. Be professional when you're giving da'wah. Be from those who use that which is used in project management. Be from those who behave as they do when they go to work. When you go to work, you dress up. When you go to work, you're there on time. When you go to work, you're planning ahead of time. When you go to work and you're about to hand in your project to your boss, you do it in the best of manners. Why is it when we come to da'wah, everything is last minute? We literally are the ummah of lastminute.com when it comes to da'wah. Our planning is so dismal. We never have a plan B when it comes to da'wah. Who tests the microphone? They test it at the last minute when there's a conference. When the people go to da'wah, did they plan the da'wah? Did they actually say that this group of people, you're going to give da'wah to that demographic of society, these people to that? We have to learn to plan da'wah. We have to learn to use pr uh, principles of project management. We have to learn to become people who are efficient. We have to learn to be professional. Why? Because who, who are you employed by? Who's employing you? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Allah has employed you, he's given this opportunity, then Allah deserves that you do it with itqan, you do it with ihsan, you don't be somebody who is leaving it to the last minute 
and not doing it in the best of your ability. So be somebody who researches how to improve their timekeeping, their planning, whatever is needed, whatever skills you think may be needed for the dawah, then learn those skills and improve on those skills so that it can be done in a professional manner. I come to the end of what I want to say, but I end with a good note, and all of these notes were good, inshallah, is that, look, the recruitment is ongoing. The vacancies are there. There's not much that you need in terms of qualification. We said ikhlas, you just need that ikhlas. You just need to beg Allah to allow you to have some of the share of the dawah. You just need to make effort to seek knowledge. You just need to make effort to better yourself so that you can help others come to Islam and improve the Islam. But do remember the importance of this mission. Do remember to give from your money and your wealth to the projects where the dawah is taking place. Do remember to support those who are sacrificing their time giving dawah. Those who are out there giving dawah, it's not easy. They're sacrificing their time preparing. They're sacrificing their time traveling. Help them if you can help them. Make dua for them if you can make dua for them. Tayyip, somebody may say, you know what? I really want to get into dawah, but I'm shy. Believe me, you, most of us are shy. Those of us who sometimes give the khutbah, we're shy. We have panic attacks. But it's through practice. The more you practice, the more you ask Allah Azawajal, He gives you confidence to stand and speak to whoever you need to speak to. So beg Allah Azawajal to remove your shyness for His sake. And if you're still too shy and you can't stand up and speak, then give booklets. You don't have to speak. You just say, excuse me, take this. Give the booklet, walk off in the other direction. Right? Before the person starts a conversation with you. If you're that shy. For the sisters who are at home and don't have much time to get out, there's so much they can do. Like we said, Share some of your money for these projects. Make dua. Translate. If you have the knowledge of Arabic, translate from Arabic to English. Get involved in uh, producing a blog. Get involved with speaking with non-Muslims who, who show some interest in Islam. You know, after the New Zealand attack, right? May Allah have mercy upon those souls and accept them in the highest parts of Jannah. I mean, did you see how many non-Muslims were moved by that? And how many non-Muslims are showing a bit of empathy or at least wanting to know what give that Muslim community that strength to remain upright and moral after such an attack was on them. But which one of us has reached out on social media to those non-Muslims? Which one of us has tried to reach out and you say, you know what, that tweet that you sent was a very nice tweet and I want to thank you for that tweet. And I want to introduce myself to you. So many doubt opportunities for the sisters and the brothers. Get on social media. There's so much you can be doing. You don't have to be speaking face-to-face uh, -to, -face to people. There's so much that can be done for the sake of this dawah. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he makes us from those who understand what was said and it moves them to better their lives and that Allah azawajal gives us sincerity and covers our mistakes and shortcomings. Ameen. Wa sallallahu alayhi wa Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa Anything which was correct was from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mistakes and shortcomings for myself and shaitan. I ask Allah to make this deed heavy in our scale of good deeds and to be thankful upon us for this small deed. Ameen. Wa sallallahu If you have any uh, questions or corrections, then feel free.